Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled Showdown on Mount Carmel from 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 17 through 40. Of all the Old Testament prophets, Elijah may be the most well-known. And of all the miracles Elijah performed, calling down fire from heaven may be the most well-known. But a review of him and his story revealed to us greater insights that we learned as children when we were first told this story. It is a showdown between good and evil, between God and Satan. It is a showdown on Mount Carmel. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. You can be seated. So glad that you're here today. We begin to think about Old Testament prophets. One of our favorites is Elijah. And one of the favorite episodes that we have of Elijah is when he called fire down from heaven. Maybe that's why he's one of our favorites. We want to do that sometimes ourselves, don't we? At home and at work. I'm sure you don't want to do that at church, but uh, anyway, let's keep going. You will find that passage in 1 Kings chapter number 18. I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn with me there today. As we look particularly at this episode or at this story that we may feel like we're very familiar with, I bet you that you're going to find something that you'll learn new out of this particular passage today. Elijah is a prophet of God. He speaks for God. He speaks what God speaks to those people and to even the kings, and he does so without reservation without hesitation, and with great conviction and unction in his voice. The king at that particular time, King Ahab, uh, was described greatly uh, one time as that old toad. He just kind of seems to fit that particular description. King Ahab was a terrible king, trying to lead God's people without really knowing God himself. We come to second to First Kings chapter number eighteen. We find that the disagreement and the contest between Elijah and Ahab is at its apex. We look at this particular passage. There is indeed a showdown that's about to become a throwdown right there on the side of Mount Carmel. It seems as if every uh, Western, every spaghetti Western that you may watch may have been based off of the episode that we see in this particular passage today. I want us to go through it. Are you already there? First Kings chapter number 18. Let's pick up our reading today in verse number 17. The Bible says, Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah at Jezebel's table. We come to this particular opening. What we find is that the corruption was intense. The corruption in Israel, the the corruption in their government, 
was as corrupt as anything that we have ever seen. And we've seen it, haven't we? We see it right now. One former president under indictment, one sitting president who ought to be. The corruption goes from the highest of the highs down to the lowest of the lows. It's, it's very seldom that you will find a congressman, even a senator, or someone who's a representative of their state who appeals to their job the way that it was designed to be. Just a, a man or a woman, maybe who owns their own business, who owns their own home, who would go to Washington simply for a season to represent the people of their area or the people of their state, to try and enact laws that are in keeping with God's Word. That's not what we find today. And find, in fact, it is very difficult for you to find some of those people who remain poor. Instead, you find them getting wealthy off of their jobs. If there's any indication of corruption that's in Washington, that's in Atlanta, that's in downtown Columbus, follow the money trail. Find out who's getting rich off of the backs of others. Follow the laws that are enacted and that are enforced. Laws that are not complementary to the Bible. Laws that are not consistent with the Bible. But many that stand in direct contrast to the Bible. There was a day in this nation where a senator would stand on the floor of the Senate and say to his fellow congressman, I have read this in the Bible. What should we do? Can you imagine on the floor of Congress today, somebody saying, <laughs> number one, that I read my Bible, but I read my Bible and I found this and I think that we need to enact a law that's in keeping with this passage. He would become a mockery and would not become a second-termer for sure. The corruption that we see in our day, as intense as it is, was the same in this day. Ahab is violent. Ahab is vicious. Ahab is vocal about everything that Ahab wants. Whatever it is that attracts him, whatever it is that makes him richer or more powerful, that's what Ahab is interested in. He says that Elijah is the troubler of Israel, that the preacher has become the one who's brought trouble to the land. Elijah's absolutely right. When he says, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. For generations, the people in Ahab's family have brought trouble to the nation of Israel. And he says it specifically in this passage, because they refuse to follow the commandments of the Lord. Why do we expect God to bless our nation? Why do we even say, God bless America? when we're not willing to follow His commandments. 
when we're not willing to allow children to pray to Him at school, when they're not allowed to read their Bibles? How in the world is God supposed to bless a nation who continues to run from Him? That's where we are. That's where Elijah is. And that's where the people of Israel are in that day. Torn between two opinions and not enough gumption to stick to either side. The corruption was intense. Number two, I want you to see that the challenge was issued. A challenge was issued by Elijah. Remember where we left off there in verse number 19? He says, gather all Israel to me. Bring them all here to the mountain. And make sure that you bring those 850 false prophets. Almost half of them for Baal, the other half for Asherah. The ones that Ahab likes and the ones that, that Jezebel likes. You bring them all to the mountain. And here comes the challenge. Look, if you will, in verse number 20. He says, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but not put any fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, He is God. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Challenge accepted. Why would they be so eager to accept such an outrageous challenge. Take the bull. You're used, to, you're used to burnt offerings and sacrifices. Take the bull like you normally would. Cut it up in pieces like you normally would. Lay it on the wood like you normally would. Upon the altar like you normally would. Just don't put fire to it. Now, if I'm one of those prophets, I might have said, well then, <laughs> how are we supposed to have a burnt offering? You know, they know how to get a burnt offering. The Baals that they serve are the Baals and the gods of fire and of lightning. It's as if Elijah is issuing a challenge that gives them home field advantage. You know, the, the one true living God, the God of Israel, the God of Elijah, was not known as the God of fire. But their God is. They're thinking this is a sure thing. A sure bet. And every gambler knows by, <laughs> by bad experience that sure bets often are not 
By the way, you want this for free? Stop gambling. God gave you what you got, right? If you'd use it for his glory, he'd provide for you all the way through. All right, that was for free, all right? That's a sure bet. That the God of fire surely will be the one that can send down fire from heaven. So it is well spoken. Challenge accepted. We will do exactly what you say to do. And Elijah says, I know that you've got home field advantage. You're the home team and I'm the visitor. But you get to bat first. You get to go first. Now, number three, if you're keeping notes this way, I want you to see that the competition was impossible. It was impossible. It was something that should not have happened. Look at verse 25. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first for your many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. They know what's going to happen. When they call upon their God, their God's going to answer. He's going to show them exactly who He is. They had Baal statues everywhere. They had Asherah statues everywhere that they weren't ashamed to put Asherah statues. But make no mistake, whereas this competition seemed like it was impossible, they believed that it was possible. They believed that their gods would answer, that they would send fire, and that it would burn up their offering. And they would be able to say that we are the champions, right? It's not what's going to happen. This competition is impossible. Fire's not coming down from heaven because they call out to their gods. Fire's not going to come down out of heaven as a stroke of luck or some instant spontaneous combustion. It's impossible. Impossible. And before the sun sets on this particular night, that's going to be the conclusion of every one of those false prophets. Elijah, you set us up. This is impossible. If our God cannot send fire and burn up this offering, then no one can send fire and burn up this offering. You have shamed us. You have backed us into a corner that we just simply can't get out of. You know that Elijah did that on purpose, right? Back them into a corner. Give them something that's impossible. Give them something that seems to provide them the advantage. All of it. Absolutely on purpose. <laughs> And Elijah is going to love every minute of it. I can't say I don't. All right, let's keep going. Look, if you will, in verse number 26. Verse 26, the Bible says, So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal, look at this, from morning even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. Now, don't miss this. I've underlined it in my Bible. 
But there was no voice. No one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Look at what that did for them. So they cried aloud, and you can put it in there even more. They cried even louder, and they cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And it was so. When midday was past, that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And here it is again. I find more underlining. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. You know why there is no voice? You know why there is no answer? Do you know why no one is paying attention? Because there is no one. There is no Baal beyond a mere statue. There is no Asherah beyond a mere statue. The point of Elijah is there is but one true living God and there is no other. We call this a competition, but it's not a competition at all. Because there's only one side. There's no one there to hear their cries. There's no one there to see their leaps. There's no one there to see their cuts and their blood. No one. I want you to notice something with me. Go back up to verse number 26. At the end of that passage, it says that they leaped about the altar which they have made. The Hebrew word that's used in that particular place is a word that's only used three times in the Bible. The first time is found in a passage that we've already read. In fact, if you look back to verse number 21, when it says, Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter? It's the same word. It's, it's used again in the story of Mephibosheth. You remember that story? Mephibosheth is, has, a, has a right to the throne. He had all of those descendants are ready to be killed. Mephibosheth's nurse reaches down and scoops up that little toddler of a boy and begins to run with him and carry him out to a place of safety when she trips and falls and drops the baby and falls on him. The Bible says that he was crippled in his legs. The word for crippled is the word for falter, is the word for leaped. Does that give you a picture of what's going on amongst these false prophets? They are flailing about. They're jumping. They're falling. They're twisting. They're bending this way and that way. They are doing everything, put it in this context, that a spoiled brat child does at the grocery store. It's exactly what they're like. They are trying everything 
to get their God's attention so that their God will do what they ought to do, what, he wants, what they want Him to do. You know what I've got for your notes for this? Number, what are we on, four? The clamoring was ineffective. <laughs> they can jump about, flail about, roll on the ground, pitch a hissy fit, do all the things that they want to do, cut themselves. And what's the Bible say? Nobody's paying attention. Doesn't move their God because there is no God. No one is listening and no one is answering because there's no one there. There's nobody at home. Try as hard as you might to do what you want to do in your own strength, in your own capability, with your own ingenuity. And be sure of this. As ineffective as their clamoring is, so will yours be. To get down on the ground on your hands and knees and beg Mother Earth to send rain. Nobody's paying attention because nobody's home. There is but one God. And that's Elijah's point. They've seen how difficult this challenge is. They've seen now that it's impossible. And if their gods of fire cannot answer, they're sure that this challenge is going to end in a draw. I guess they get the win. It's 8.50 to 1, right? It's not the way it's going to turn out. Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us today and wants to invite you to return tomorrow for the conclusion of his message, Showdown on Mount Carmel, from 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 40. Pastor Tim would also love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.